Hi, my name is Felix Krüger and I'm your host. If this is your first time tuning into the State of Sales Enablement podcast, welcome and thanks for your support. If you work closely with the B2B enterprise sales team in your role, make sure to check out the free on-demand training provided by Kruger Marketing, my business and the sponsor of this podcast. The training breaks down the steps required to shorten sales cycles with the effective use of content. To access the free training session, visit thisstateofsalesenablement.com slash content. That's thisstateofsalesenablement.com slash content. Welcome to the State of Sales Enablement Podcast with your host, Felix Kruger. Insights and actionable advice from B2B marketing and sales experts that share what it takes to achieve sales enablement excellence. My guest in today's episode has previously been a sales leader selling content solutions to the world's biggest B2B enterprise technology brands. In recent years, he has transitioned into a product marketing and sales enablement role, powering the sales efforts of one of the fastest growing technology brands during the pandemic. In this interview, we speak to DocuSign's product marketing and sales enablement manager, Matthew Dean. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks, Felix. It's great to be here. It's a real honor to be on the show. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this because as my listeners might know, we've worked together for a while, but just to give them some more context, what has been your career journey so far and what do you do now? Yeah, so it's been quite varied, but I think there is a common thread that runs through all of it. I started out in hotel management and then that took me into event management. That took me into event sales. You and I first met and started working together in media sales and selling content services. And now I'm responsible for product marketing and enablement at DocuSign. So I'm pushing business technology. Awesome. So at some point in your career, you've made the change from sales to sales enablement. How would you say this has impacted your perspective on how marketing and sales should work together? Yeah, it's a good question. And I've got a really cheesy answer, but I always have believed in one (laughs) team, one dream. So my perspective hasn't changed on building that alignment. What has changed is that I'm now in a position to actively improve that alignment between the two teams. And a key part of that, it's really got to be built on a foundation of mutual trust and respect. And what's really important is that when marketing and sales work in true partnership, the quality of leads improves and that will ultimately lift sales conversion rates It'll lift the average selling price and will also boost revenue. And I've got a few ideas here how teams can, what they can align around. A couple of those things are like roles and responsibility and understanding who will deliver what and when. Develop some joint priorities. It's no use the sales team having a set of priorities for the quarter or the half and the marketing team is going in completely the opposite direction with another set of priorities. And of course, it's really important to have KPIs and a KPI is only valuable if there's success metrics. And that could be a whole bunch of things like lead routing, lead volumes, sales velocity, conversion rates, revenue targets or average sales price. So there's so much you can do and it's not all different difficult to build that great alignment. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, I haven't really seen it in the Australian market, but I've heard about it in the American market, how some sales and marketing teams have been combined into one function, which is called the revenue team. And I think that kind of mindset can be really helpful. Like to say, okay, this is one team. You're all in the same mission to drive revenue. Everybody's just looking at different parts of the process. And I think that's where you break down the barriers of us versus them. And you really start pushing together in one direction. I think that's the ideal case anyway. Yeah, I think that top-down approach is really important and that really sends a message to both teams Mm. and even go one step above that it's a ceo who's got to be driving that sort of strategy at docusign we do have a chief revenue officer but that is very much a sales function and part of the sales org. We also have a CMO and quite often they do have different priorities. So that's where you've got to find those joint priorities because there's going to be more and broader priorities that aren't any part of either of those functions that a sales team will have to go off and look after themselves and same with a marketing team. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of DocuSign, DocuSign has been one of those businesses that obviously have been going really well during the pandemic. You know, digital signatures will always be the preference in this kind of environment. And how have you seen the interaction with buyers and through your sales team been shifting during the pandemic? Yeah, it's been a huge, huge, huge year for DocuSign. It's been well documented that COVID has really accelerated digital transformation across many businesses and we really felt the impact of that acceleration ourselves and we had to adapt really quickly to be able to deal with things like increased lead volume. Our AEs were booking up to 20 discovery calls a day in April and May. That's just insane. That's like, yeah, a week's worth of work a day in those really busy times. We were also dealing with shortened sales cycles and rapid client onboarding. So lots of challenges for our team to deal with. What we found though was early in the pandemic, buyers were really laser focused on solving critical workflow issues to maintain business continuity. So that might have been enabling their remote frontline workforce to continue to service their customers or some back of house requirements like needing to send JobKeeper communications to their employees so that they could continue to be paid. What also was really interesting was that our approach has always been value selling and let's have a start a conversation talking about a digital transformation over a longer term or in our case, a transformation of your agreement processes. But the businesses and the buyers just weren't interested in that right then. They had a broken piece of their business and they needed to fix that right away. So our sales teams had to pivot right away and they just sold core product because the core product, which is the e-signature solution, solved that problem right there, right then. And it kept the business's doors open and it kept their staff employed. Mm-hmm. Going on from that, now what we're seeing is all these new customers that signed in that time they're already renewing their licenses because they've used their full subscription or they've found new use cases in their business because we've brought in those efficiencies and productivity increases and we've improved their turnaround times and so it's been really great for opportunities within our new customer base but 
now we're in FY22, or we're about to start our new financial year, and we're 12 months down the track since COVID now, and there's still a lot of uncertainty. So budgets are still tight and buyers are really cautious. So really now this value selling piece is really important and our teams now are really looking to help buyers with their business case and they really want us to demonstrate how our technology can improve efficiency, increase productivity and provide better customer experiences because they're never going to get executive buy-in if we can't give them those proof points. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing I was going to say, and this has been a trend that's been coming for years and the analysts have been writing about this for some time now, but buyers are now more educated than ever before. They're armed with information because what technology business doesn't have a website with more information than any individual can consume. So what they're doing when they come to us now, they know they need an e-signature solution. They're just looking for the right partner that can add value and then seamlessly make it happen. Mm. So this really means now that our sales team need to take a much more consultative approach and sell business outcomes to the buyers and not sell product features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buyers being solution aware, I guess, makes it also easier for the sales team to really engage the market because you don't have to go through that whole education piece, which is often required if the benefits aren't as tangible as they are. That's exactly right. So we can get into that business case conversation and mm-hmm. qualifying prospects around that much sooner without that whole education piece up front. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that DocuSign still doesn't do that in the marketing team. Brand awareness is really important as we grow our business in that NUCO segment. But when we do get engagement from our target market, then we can start that conversation further down that awareness journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, without the brand awareness, you really wouldn't be able to capitalize on market environments like the one we're facing today. Exactly right. So you guys are obviously in a much better position than most tech companies in Australia because you have a decent-sized local marketing team that really supports sales. So from your point of view, how does the collaboration with the U.S. head office work from a sales enablement perspective? Because you're obviously able to leverage those resources too. So one way that we do that is we work really, really hard every day almost to create a global-first philosophy. And it's a work in progress. Like I said, we have to work at this every day particularly a small team like APAC. And what we're trying to do there is to get our North America team, where the headquarters is, to have a global approach to everything that they're creating and all the campaigns and plans that they're generating because the temptation is to just develop these plans for the North American market. So what we're doing is we want to get in on the ground floor in production, in planning, in campaigns, And we also want to make sure that there's a central content repository where our local sales teams or marketers can grab resources and where possible, they're localized at the beginning of the production process rather than us being given content and then having to go back and localize it after the initial piece has been created. Some other tips that we have from DocuSign is we have 
regular meetings with our global teams. And you've got to have those regular meetings. And sometimes that means it's outside of regular work hours, but it helps you get on the ground floor of those new projects and initiatives. And that really helps drive that global first philosophy. We also have got a really great sharing culture and we hold regular best practice sessions. And even the CMO attends these best practice sessions. And what that is, is marketers from all over the globe sharing campaigns, sharing pieces pieces of content, sharing digital programs with the rest of the marketing or sales org so that they can be implemented or localized and implemented all around the globe. So I guess share, share, share and share some more and too much information can seem overwhelming in your inbox, but the more you know, the more you can get in on the ground floor and the more that you can have this global first philosophy and not get stuck in a North America, then the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. We, we had this conversation in another episode of this show about how important it actually is to foster the culture to create that collaboration. You can have the best tools in place, you can create the best content, but if you don't have the sharing culture and if everybody's not on the same page, you're pretty much wasting that effort, right? That's exactly right. And again, it comes from the top down. So apart from these best practice sessions that we have, we have a CMO office hours, which is hosted by our CMO. And we talk about all parts of marketing from running integrated marketing campaigns to digital campaigns to research and target market analysis to personas. Everything you could think of that is part of being a marketer at DocuSign is covered in these office hour sessions with the CMO. Hmm. How do you go about sharing that content effectively? Because the worst case scenario, obviously, is you add it to a repository, communicate that it's available once, and then it never sees the light of day again. Like, how do you go about actually sharing that content and making sure that cells use it on an ongoing basis? Yeah, we have a content management system and enablement tool called HighSpot. And HighSpot is that central repository for us. It has content for all parts of the business. It's got for our business development teams, our account executives, our renewal managers, our customer success teams, our account managers, our marketing teams. And it also has external facing content as well. So that is our library and that's our go-to. Awesome. And does it tie in with your CRM as well? It does actually. Our sales team are able to share content and pitch content from that high spot platform and that will be recorded against that account and contact record in salesforce mm, awesome and in terms of the actual content formats you guys produce what have been some of the most effective content formats for your sales team and engaging the market yeah that's a really broad question because as you know because you're an expert in this it depends what the content's going to be used for and at what part of the marketing funnel so i think what i can do here is just share some of the better content formats that we get high levels of engagement from and then people themselves listening to the podcast can decide where they fit in their own marketing funnel. So let's start with customer stories. So, you know, your best advocates are your customers and that social proof and that third-party endorsement is critical. So we spend a lot of time creating customer stories. What our sales teams love is one-page 
customer stories. We don't want to write them a whole novel about a customer. What we do want to do is create a snapshot of a customer engagement, and that could include business challenges, their implementation journey, and some of their outcomes and results. It's really important to use real data, and that could be things for us in any case, cost and time savings, uplift in engagement, time to adoption, or the great thing for DocuSign and something that we like to illustrate is how much paper we can save an organization so that we're offering a sustainable solution, not just an efficiency tool as well. I love that. Save the rainforest along the way. Exactly right. That's exactly what we're doing. So it's really important to keep it brief. And I should have mentioned one more thing. It's really important to get some quotes in there from the customer as well. So our sales team love this short format. We even designed them in a PowerPoint format because then it's easy to slide into sales presentation decks as well. So one document then can be used in a variety of ways. The next content format that we use extensively is blogs. And some of the content that the sales team love to use are those blogs that are providing an executive summary of a larger piece of content. And then you're building out a bit of a content plan. And what they like about that is you're doing the hard work for the client and you're saving them time by summarizing the key themes. And you can also provide links to the original piece of content. So when they've moved further down that buyer journey and they're building a business case, if they need to dive into that piece of research or that analyst report, the link's there for them to do that. We also see great engagement both from our sales team and prospects with blogs that talk about why change to electronic signatures, why do it now, and why would you choose DocuSign? Again, short format, and you're making it easy for a prospect to engage with your brand. Mm -hmm. And those blog pieces would then also, depending on the client conversation, be shared directly through the sales team, right? That's exactly right. So um, marketing has a plan to get them out to the big wide world, but they're always part of the account executives and the business development team's playbook to be able to send them on to prospects. Yeah, the most targeted distribution you can have through the sales team. Yeah, 100%. And it works yeah. really well. If the blogs are well written and the original content and they're making uh, life easier for the prospect and explaining the why change, why now, why DocuSign, then they'll just keep using them again and again and again. Yeah, yeah that's great. The next type of content that's really powerful for sales team is third-party content because third-party content provides that social proof. So this is content that's not produced by the marketing team. And what you're doing is you're sourcing content where businesses are talking about their digital transformation and the tools they're using. And in our case, if that's DocuSign, this is absolute gold to send on to prospects. A couple of other pieces, just in brief, comparison and review sites, really powerful. So G2 Crowd is the real leader in this space and reviews that you're receiving on G2 Crowd are really powerful because that social proof is there again. There's others apart from G2 Crowd, Gartner Forrester, Captera, all provide technology reviews. But if you can create content around the reviews that you're receiving there and include links to your page on those review sites, really great content for your sales team to share as well. 
And then the last one, because we can't forget this one, this is really important, it's video. So there's been a huge, huge shift to video across all of society. Just take a look around next time you catch a train or a bus and what people are consuming on their screens. Video is really powerful, it's really engaging, and it can be used at every stage of the marketing funnel from creating awareness to engaging leads and to finalizing deals. My tips for video is to keep it short, simple, and engaging. And just remember that people want to buy from people. So where you can build an emotional connection with your buyers and you'll get a lot more cut through. Yeah, absolutely. I think video is also always a great way to actually expose experts, product experts that operate behind the scenes, right? Those kind of people are perceived as really valuable by clients and they often only come into play after the deal has been closed. So it's a really good way to move them and the exposure and their expertise further up in the funnel through video. Yeah, that's so true. And think about it as well. When you're engaging those solution engineers, for instance, it's on a one-on-one basis. Using video gives you the opportunity to be one-to-many. So it gives you much more scope and the opportunity for that person and their expertise to be seen by a larger proportion of your target audience. Mm, Absolutely. And when you look at your sales team and the sales reps that use your team most effectively, what do you think they have in common and how do they approach the collaboration with marketing? Yeah, number one is they show up, they contribute and they ask questions. Super important. So they're engaged. The best thing about them being engaged is that they're always providing feedback and marketing thrives on feedback. And it's not just feedback we're getting from the numbers and the data and the dashboards, but that frontline feedback that we're getting from sales teams is critical. The salespeople that really succeed, they trust the data and trust the process all the way through from awareness to engagement to marketing nurtures to qualifying those prospects all the way through to the close. The other really important thing they do is they leverage marketing content. Every business has marketing content, but how many sales teams actually use the content? But top performing sales people use content across all the channels that they communicate with their prospects via email, via SMS, via messaging apps, via social when they're building their own personal brand and positioning themselves as a subject matter expert. The other thing that these sales professionals who are top performers do is they're always learning. And you know what? They just hustle harder than anybody else and they work smarter than anyone else. And I guess the biggest tip I have is they have the courage to experiment with different formats, different approaches. And if it fails, they fail fast and they move on and they try something else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned data briefly and their trust in data. When you think about marketing departments that are just starting out with sales enablement, what sort of measurement do you think they should be putting in place? And what are some of the metrics they should be focusing on when it comes to sales enablement and the measurement of success? Yeah, I'm going to tackle this a little bit more broadly and talk a bit more about a marketing and sales alignment, but the sales enablement piece is in here as well. So number one, it's really important to develop 
a lead score methodology. You don't want your sales reps just running after every single click that lands on your website. So having a lead score and how you're going to generate a lead score for each prospect is really important. And then if it's a larger business and you have technology that allows for lead routing to different parts of your sales organization, that lead score is going to be important in setting up your lead routing rules Some other things to measure is your lead velocity. So you really want to understand how quickly the sales team is actioning new leads that are coming into the organization. And you want to have a documented service level agreement there so that they know what they're aiming for and they know what the expectation is. Another thing we do at DocuSign is we monitor untouched leads. Again, we don't want wastage. All the research that you can find will say that the quicker you act on a new lead, the better and the conversion rates just climb the quicker you can get to that new lead. We also track conversion rates at each stage from getting a marketing qualified lead to a sales accepted lead then that sales accepted lead to a sales qualified lead and then a sales qualified lead through to a sales qualified opportunity where it's been passed on to account executive to work. Other important metrics are tracking the average sales price. And here's a bit around the sales enablement that I think your audience will be really interested in. The sales enablement tool we use, which I mentioned before, Highspot, it has an analytics dashboard. And what we're measuring is what pieces of content are being sent most frequently, who's sending it, and what's the level of engagement from the recipients. And so what we can do as a marketing team then is to look to see what the sales team likes to use, number one, and where the deep engagement is. And we can create more resources that meet both those needs. And then the last one, I have one more, and it's not so much something that you can control internally, but it's something, a good practice for your sales reps, and that's your LinkedIn social selling index score. So that's a score that LinkedIn provides anybody who's on the LinkedIn platform, and that's a score that's built around the quality of your profile. Do you use LinkedIn as a research tool? Are you sharing new original content on the platform, and how how extensive is your network? Top performers, again, use LinkedIn as a critical tool in today's modern business environment. So you'll see that top performers have a high social selling index. It's very easy to have a look across your sales team, get that score and see who's underperforming and then to help them share content and make content more available to them and maybe provide some coaching around social selling to lift that score. No, absolutely. I think the or content and the mindset that comes with content sales, which is adding value and actually providing value to the buyer is really a stark contrast to the other school of thought that is going on there on LinkedIn, which is a lot of automation, a lot of door knocking. And I think that's really where sales reps, especially targeting enterprise can set themselves apart because they truly try and add value before they ask for the deal. Exactly right. And they don't have to create all their own original content. They can curate great content. And again, they're saving time for their network and their prospects. And they'll be positioning themselves as a thought leader and adding value to those relationships. Yeah. Now, in terms of sales enablement professionals who might just be starting out, 
in that space. Do you have some tips on how they can better engage their sales team and how they can better service their sales team? Yeah, absolutely. Got some really critical ways that this needs to be done. Number one, it's got to be cross-functional collaboration. And your sales team is bigger than just the team that closes deals. It is your renewal managers. It's your customer success team. So when it comes to sales enablement and creating material and resources and content for the sales team, it's a conversation that needs to be had with all of those teams. And the collaboration has to start right at the beginning. So that cross-functional collaboration, I believe, is really key. The other thing for sales enablement professionals is it's really easy to get dragged into everything and you don't want to go down the slippery slope of designing sales decks for each individual sales professional. What you really want to do is get really good really quickly at saying no. One way to give you the confidence to do that is really clearly define roles and responsibilities and understand what your role is in the team and what support you're providing to the sales team. And then it's also important to have some KPIs around that and some success metrics so that you've got a guiding North Star and you stay on track all the way through. Another really critical thing is for sales enablement professionals, particularly that haven't come through a sales path, sales is hard. Like I've worked in sales and you've worked in sales and you know that you have your ups and downs and it can be really difficult. So I think it's really important to be humble and to show empathy to your sales team. You really need to put yourself in their shoes and you need to understand their daily routines, their processes, what their targets are, their priorities, their workflows, what sales tools they're using. And just you have to ride those highs and lows with them. Because if you don't have that level of insight, you're really just tone deaf to their needs and you're not going to build that trust and respect. The other thing I'd say is an extension to that is also you really need to marry your sales coaching to the reality of what's happening on the battlefield day to day. You always need to take a collaborative approach and ask for their input at every step of the way, just so you can constantly adapt to that point in time. The way we we're enabling our teams in February last year before COVID closed down is different to how we were enabling the teams in March and how we're enabling the teams now is is continuously evolving. Another great tip that I've seen work really well at DocuSign is you can really get stuck in an organizational bubble. It's really important to reach outside your organization to get a different point of view, to get some new thinking and to get new perspectives. Now, you can get that with agencies and that is really critical to help you with that thinking. But there's other people in your network that can also come into the organization and talk to sales teams. It could be partner organizations. It could be customers. It could be a sales leader that you've worked with previously that was really inspirational. But getting those outside perspectives so you don't get stuck in that bubble, also key. The other thing I like to do as well is communicate with the sales team across all channels. Don't just get bogged down in email. We use Slack at DocuSign and there's a bunch of sales channels. I'm in those sales channels all the time, not just sharing information, but I'm also celebrating the success that the team's seeing from achieving a great number of opportunities that day, hitting their quarterly number, their annual number. 
or just getting their first opportunity on the board for the week or the month. And really importantly, you've got to have a bit of fun with them too because if you're just Mr. Serious, sales enablement dude all the time, you're just not going to build that relationship. And you know what? At the end of the day, relationships are really, really important and you're only going to be successful if you can build strong relationships. Yep, we're all in this together. I love the attitude. So in terms of sales enablement professionals, trying to continually educate themselves and learn more like what else apart from listening to this podcast and to your insights can they do like do you have some resources that you can share with sales enablement professionals yeah sure there is a sales enablement institute or society branch here in australia and i'm sure if there's some show notes to this podcast you'd be able to provide a link to that and jump on amazon there's heaps of books that are really well written for sales enablement one that i refer to all the time is called Effective Sales Enablement, written by Pam Deidner. There's also Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt. And another one that I've just seen on Amazon recently, which is the Sales Development Playbook. Also go and have a look out when you're not listening to Felix's podcast here to there's a bunch of podcasts on sales and sales enablement. Sales Gravy is one that comes to mind straight away. And Google, man, you know, <laughs> it's got everything you need to know at your fingertips. There's plenty of resources out there. Google. I've heard that name before. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thanks so much for being so generous with your time and with your insights as always. Every time I speak to you, I learn something new about sales and sales enablement. So really glad to have you on the show and thank you so much for joining. Yeah, and thanks for the opportunity. And if anybody wants to reach out to me after the podcast, please look for me on LinkedIn, send a connection request, and let's start a conversation. Awesome. That's right. Look for Matthew Dean. And that was it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please share the episode with your favorite sales enablement colleague. To subscribe and receive perks like early episode access and bonus content, visit thisstateofsalesenablement.com. Thanks so much for joining, and I'll speak to you in the next one. Next time on The State of Sales Enablement. We've got marketing and sales talk to the same customer. So we don't want to get lost in the messaging that we're putting to that customer. We want to think about well, what is the customer journey? How can we reduce friction for them and make it a really good experience where they don't even know there's a handover between marketing and sales. If your business is like 96% of all B2B companies selling remotely, chances are that your sales cycles have become longer and buyers less responsive since the pandemic started. The most successful B2B sales teams are able to reduce friction during long sales cycles by being strategic about the way they use content to engage and educate buyers. Kruger Marketing, the sponsor of this podcast, has developed a system called Content Enabled Sales, which helps B2B enterprise sales teams to shorten the sales cycle length by strategically using content during the sales process. Listeners of this podcast gain free access to a training session that teaches you how to shorten the most complex B2B enterprise sales cycles with content. To view the on-demand training session, visit thestateofsalesenablement.com slash content. That's thestateofsalesenablement.com slash content.